Before we begin our Torah study, let's pray together. Blessed are you, Lord our God, King of the universe, who sanctifies us with his commands and commands us to engross ourselves in the words of Torah. Amen. We began celebrating Purim on the traditional dates this week. And we are just continuing. We're remembering the victories of God and the breakthroughs of God. And we're declaring to ourselves, to one another, that our God reigns, that our God is sovereign, that he's the king of kings and he's the Lord of lords. And as we're reading the story of Esther, which I encourage you to do every year, every Purim, to do on your own and with your family. And if you didn't already this year, please don't let the weekend come to a conclusion without having done so. But take time with the book of Esther and allow God to speak into your heart the lessons that he has in mind for you. I, I read the book of Esther this year with fresh eyes and with real interest. And I wanted to see um, what, was, what was new or what got my attention. And one of the things I noticed was that the, the Jewish people in Shushan and in the provinces had heard the news of the edict of Haman. You can, you can, you can do that today, yes. And those of you who are not familiar with Jewish customs, at Purim, uh, we boo Haman, we cheer for Mordecai and Esther. I, yeah. Someone who was visiting with us once and was unfamiliar with Purim and, and Jewish customs heard people booing when I was speaking, and afterwards they felt real bad for me because <laughs> they thought this was like the roughest place they'd ever been, you know, that would boo the rabbis. No, 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 we're not booing me. And they're not cheering me. This is about something else. But the people, the Jewish people were fasting and they were weeping. They put on sackcloth and ashes. They were in mourning and they were crying out to God. And at that moment, it could be said God was hidden from them. How could this terrible thing that's about to happen, how could God let it happen? But in their soul and in their spirit, they knew better than that. And thus they, they fasted. And with fasting went prayer. And in crying out to God, they were expressing faith in God. Even in the midst of disappointment and impending difficulty, when you express your feelings towards God, your emotions, your heart towards God, it's an act of faith. It's an act of declaring, God, you are there, I know it. And so they were declaring in a way that God hears our prayers. And you and I need to be reminded of this. God hears us when we pray. And it's not just that he hears us. There's one more thing. He answers us. God is looking for people who pray. Why did Yeshua say my house will be a house of prayer? Because it is the purposes of God to raise up people who will pray and then get answers you see, God is looking for people who will agree with him and seek his face, and then when he responds to them, they'll say yes to him. Now, sometimes when we cry out to God, 
he does answer us, and sometimes his answer is a flat no. That happened to Elijah. He was, you know, feeling all sorry for himself, hiding in the cave. Have you ever been in a a cave like that emotionally or socially? You don't want to be with anybody or anywhere because everything just caves in on you, if you will. And the Lord came to him and basically said, what the heck are you doing here? And I'm not sure he used heck. (laughs) I'm not sure what he said other than, what are you doing here? You don't belong here. Get up and go back. Sometimes that's not what we were looking for. We were looking for commiseration. Do you ever pray out of, out of despair and what you want is more despair? You want the fellowship of despair? You know, sometimes people pray out of fear and what they want is more fear. They want people to gather around them and say, I know just what you mean, I'm terrified too. And we can, we can be empathetic with people, but we need to be strong as well. And that's why it's important to find people you can fellowship with who stay strong in the midst of the battle, who stay strong and know how to fortify themselves. Because if you only fellowship with people who are inclined to depression and sorrow, then when you need encouragement, you won't get what you need. All of us can go down to those low spots. Isn't it true? And we need people who are are not going to judge us, but they're not just going to leave us there either. They're going to help us get up. I love that proverb that says that though the righteous fall seven times, the Lord will lift them up. And I love what Amidah says. One of the things we say about God, so mech no flim, you lift up the ones who have fallen. Because this is true about God, isn't it? He doesn't leave us in that fallen condition. He comes to us and helps us get up. It's so important to understand that. God hears our prayers. God answers our prayers. And then we read in the book of Esther, I think something that's so significant. It's it's maybe one of the most popular of the verses in the book of Esther. You can turn there. Esther chapter 4. You know, the statement that Mordecai made, uh, perhaps it's for such a time as this that God has brought you to the kingdom. And we, we can understand something. God positions people where he needs them to be so that he can use them in the way he needs and wants to use them. Sometimes we forget that. And we may be, be, we may be positioned somewhere where we can be helpful to someone who needs help or to many people who need help, but we can become centered on ourselves and this is, what happened. this is what happened to Esther. She began to think, well, at least I'll escape. She began to think, you know what? I think I'm here in the, in the palace so that there'll be a survivor, one survivor. It's going to be me. I will survive. The rest of those schlemiels. Good luck to them. Sometimes we forget what God wants to do in the midst of difficulty. And we forget to take responsibility. 
we forget to rise up and to say to God, you are my creator, you are my master, you have authority, and if you want to spend my life in this way, it's yours to spend, and I say yes to you. When we understand God puts us in a place where we can do good for him and for others, then we understand one other thing, that God strengthens us so that we can do good. God pours out his Holy Spirit. He fortifies us. He sends his word, and he also sends people who will encourage us. I remember one time I, I was a, a young leader pastoring a small group, and I had a mentor in another city, and uh, I really counted on him for direction and encouragement and wisdom and training. And we were talking as we did regularly on the phone for a couple of hours each week. And I was telling him about a particularly difficult person who had wandered away from the congregation yet again. And I said, I'm just tired of going after this guy. And I was expecting these words. I know what you mean. It's tough, isn't it? And I tell you what David Young said to me. He said, well, it doesn't sound like you've got the heart of a shepherd right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so I paused, and I wanted to mute my side so I could scream or you know, react, but I didn't, I didn't actually. I just paused, and I took to heart what he said. And my response was, I think you're right. I think you're right. I need to do something. Sometimes when we're not right, we want other people to tell us we are okay. And sometimes we need people to tell us we're not right. But only those who we can trust can do this well. Only those who have built a solid relationship with us. Because the others, the others just come across as critics or cruel or not understanding. You know how easy it is to get on the defensive? How many know about that? <laughs> yeah, and uh, if you're good at arguing, you can argue with anybody, even when you're wrong. God strengthens his people. There's, there's something else that, that Mordechai knew that Esther needed to learn, and that is this, that God works on his timetable. That God is the master of the times and the seasons, the beginning and the end, and he knows how to bring into fullness everything he wants to do. That's why there was a moment when Mordecai said to Esther, don't tell anybody you're a Jew. But there was another moment when he said, what do you think, you can hide? You think that no one's gonna figure out who you are? Well, I'll tell you this, God's keeping watch. Strong words. But something else, do you remember when Mordechai had done that heroic act that protected the king? And then, there was no recognition, there was no thank you, there was nothing. 
Many of us find ourselves in such situations where, where we demand recognition and we demand that on our timetable, people tell us we're doing well. Have you ever felt that? Why is no one grateful? Yeah, don't they know what I did? Have you ever felt that way? I think if we're human, we feel that way. Mordecai rose above that. And God was watching over the moment of recognition for him. God will do that. Sometimes you want recognition now, and God is saying, no, no recognition now. Keep serving with a good attitude with no recognition. But I want my reward now. Oh, you remember Yeshua once said, uh, yeah, you can get your reward now. You just won't get it later then. You won't get the great reward. You want all the recognition that you think you deserve now? Okay. You can have it from men. If you want it from God, it'll come on God's timetable. Mordecai knew something, that you can keep serving and you can keep your integrity and you can keep moving forward even if no one recognizes you. Because God works on his own timetable. And there was another lesson, and it's this, God delivers people. We need to remind ourselves of this. God rescues us. God saves us. So that we don't give in to despair. I don't know if you've ever read some of the stories of Israel in the wilderness and thought, what a stiff-necked group of people. Have you ever thought that? Well, you should, because the scripture says, what a stiff-necked group of people. <laughs> and God says, I didn't call you because you were so easy, nor because you were so good, nor because there were a lot of you, because you're not easy, you're not so good, and there weren't that many of you. And in fact, you're stiff-necked. However, that's what I like to work with. Because stiff-neckedness is, but that doesn't sound right. <laughs> if you parse that wrongly. Um, <laughs> that sounds like Southern for naked. Uh, <laughs> which in the North we don't say. We pronounce it naked. No. <laughs> to be stiff-necked is a human condition. When we forget that, we forget what we're capable of. We're capable of saying no to the Lord. We're capable of being stubborn. But stubbornness is a strength pointed in the wrong direction. And God will often call stubborn people. I'm one of those. Any other stubborn people here besides me? I, I appreciate that we have fellowship with 10 or 12 of you. And the rest of you are just the easygoing, always saying yes, always, always, always. I come from a stubborn people group. I come from a stubborn family. I remember when I became a believer and I used to continue in the sport of arguing with my grandfather. I just love to do that because he was so stubborn and ornery and he could be just so wrong and just say the worst possible things. 
And I just love to get in, get in it with them. <laughs> Honestly. When I became a believer, I kept doing it until I got filled with the Holy Spirit. And the Lord said, that's unseemly. And I thought it was just sport. <laughs> but the Lord said, why are you argumentative? And I said, I'm not argumentative. <laughs> and lost the argument. <laughs> and the Lord told me I had to learn to stop arguing with my grandfather. Oh, you can't imagine how hard that was. You know, growth comes by death. A part of us that has been strong needs to die. That's why growing is so hard. It's not as easy as some people think, oh, I'm just going to be enlightened or joy. You know, what people want is painless growth. Good luck with that. When I read the story of Esther this, this year, I took notice of something in chapter four that, that Mordecai sends word to Esther that she needs to go to the king and she needs to appeal to the king and let him know what's going on. And you know what Esther's response is? Are you out of your mind? Everybody knows that you can't go to the king unless he calls you or you're at risk. If he doesn't extend his scepter to you, you die. So no way, Jose or Mordechai. No way. No way I'm going to do it. Mordecai gets that word. He sends back another word. I'll read it to you. Last night I wasn't fully prepared for this, so I had to read from my Bible, which has tiny little print and take my glasses off. Esther chapter four, verse 12. When Esther's words were reported to Mordecai, he sent back this answer. Do not think that because you are in the king's house, you alone of all the Jews will escape. For if you remain silent at this time, relief and deliverance for the Jews will arise from another place but you and your father's family will perish. And who knows but that you have come to your royal position for such a time as this. Verse 15, Esther sent this reply to Mordechai. Go gather together all the Jews who are in Shushan and fast for me. Do not eat or drink for three days, night or day. I and my attendants will fast as you do. And when this is done, I will go to the king, even though it is against the law. And if I perish, I perish. And so Mordecai went away and he carried out all of Esther's instructions. And she fulfilled what she said she would do. That reminded me of what Yeshua had said about those two sons. Maybe you remember that story, the father he said, had two sons, and he said to both of them, go work in the field. And one of them had such a good attitude and said, yes, father. But after his father was gone, he thought about it and changed his mind, decided not to do it. The other son said no. 
And when he was by himself, he reconsidered. And he thought better of it, and he actually went to work in the field. And so the question Yeshua asked was this, which of the two did what his father wanted? And it was the one who said no. Esther first said no, and then she reconsidered. She first didn't want to take any responsibility. She wanted to save her life. And she wanted to take no responsibility for the well-being of other people. But Mordechai said in just a few words what was necessary for her to reconsider. Now, it's good to have people in your life who can help you reconsider things. But this is also another kind of picture. Each of us has an Esther in us and a Mordechai in us. And we hear both voices sometimes. And sometimes what rises up in us is a no. From the Esther who's been positioned but doesn't want to do it. And we start thinking, you know, I really am beautiful and worth saving. All by myself. I really can get through this difficulty. They won't, but I will. But there's a Mordecai inside of us who says, don't fool yourself. You'll never save yourself. Only God will save us. If you try to save yourself, you'll lose your life. But God will still save us. Somehow, some way, God will save us. And thank the Lord for the voice of Mordecai that rises up in us. Thank the Lord for the voice of the Holy Spirit. Thank the Lord that in the scriptures, we can hear both sides and we can recognize who we're gonna pay attention to. I don't know about you, but as I read this this year, I thought, oh, let my no's become yeses. Let me be fortified to do what my heart knows to do. But I've given a wrong response to. You see, God's looking for people who say no. How many of you can relate to that? There's stuff on your plate. There are things that God has put before you, prayers that you once offered up to the Lord because your heart was stirred. And then when your heart wasn't stirred anymore, you didn't want to do it. So here is a a really simple question for us to be thinking about. When God is ready to act, are we ready to act? In Matthew chapter 10, verse 16, Yeshua said, pay attention to this. I'm sending you out like sheep among wolves. So be as prudent as snakes and as harmless as doves. And in this, he's explaining something. You are a lamb, but I'm sending you out to a dangerous place. I can keep you under this condition. Be careful. Be as careful as snakes are. But be harmless. Be as harmless as a dove. And then, if you perish, you perish. And if you live, you live. 
when you realize we have been sent into a broken world, not a fixed world. We've been sent into a corrupt world, not a pure world. We've been sent into dangerous situations, not risk-free. And Yeshua wants it to be utterly clear to us so that we're not confused. Because it's in the confusion that we pull back into our own zone of comfort and safety. And we start saying no to the Lord. And that no will never help us. It will always do harm to us. Well, if you can relate to that, if you've experienced that battle, that struggle, and you want to use this holiday season as we go from Purim to Pesach, both of which require action on God's time frame. If you can identify with that and you say, Lord, I want to be strong, I need, that, I need the chutzpah of Mordechai. And then the willingness that, that Esther expressed when she received what Mordechai had. If you can identify with that, stand up with me and let's pray. Lord, you said, you said the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are not. And so we should ask you, Lord of the harvest, send workers into the harvest. And then you said, go, I'm sending you out like lambs among wolves. Lord, let it be that we're not trying to save ourselves, we're trying to serve you. We're not trying to rescue ourselves, we are trying to be obedient to you. And we know this, there is life in you and our lives are hidden in you. And so let it be that Purim fortifies us and the anticipation of Pesach renews and restores us and that we know that you are sovereign and you are King of kings and Lord of lords, that you hear us and you answer us and you act for our good and you use us for the sake of others. Make us strong in you, we pray, in Yeshua's name. Amen. Amen. Well, we're going to close with Aaron's blessing, and then we're going to go next door, have coffee and fellowship. Don't forget, if you have toddlers, they should already, you should already be on the way to them. Do, do we have a slide that says, get your toddlers? Did you see it earlier? Good. All right. And then don't forget if you have other kids, you want to get them too. Don't leave them here. The Lord bless you and keep watch over you and protect you. The Lord cause the light of his face to shine upon you. The Lord be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his face to you and give you his peace in the name of the Prince of Peace, Yeshua the Messiah. Amen. Shabbat Shalom. See you next door.